in the Navy, they're taught the best way to fight a storm or a hurricane was just to move out to sea and anchor deep. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. There are times in our lives when we're caught in storms. Maybe someone listening is going through that right now. The best way to fight a storm is to anchor deep. Join us as we explore this year's theme and see how we have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure in Christ. We hope you enjoy. All right, that's some good stuff, isn't it? Church? Oh my gosh, what happened? Wait, 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 let me, let me, wait, wait. That's some good stuff, isn't it? Oh, wow. We had a lot of Jesus here this morning. And I, uh, I'm sorry, but um, I just love that song, I Want to Speak the Name of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I am excited about speaking the name of Jesus. We uh, shared the theme for this year last week. Um, hopefully, you remember. Uh, I will let you in if you weren't here last week. And those of you that are online, our theme for 2023 is Anchored. And so if you were not here and not able to hear why, uh, please check online. You can hear the message and uh, catch up. Or if you kind of forgot or need a refresher, go online and you can catch up on that. But I am so excited that we're investing in this idea of being anchored in the year 2023. Amen? And the passage that our, we're looking at uh, for 2023, the passage that is our theme, the passage that I'd love for you to memorize is found in the book of Hebrews. And if you turn there, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it reads like this. We have this what? We have this hope, and we all need hope, as an anchor for the what? For the soul. We all need an anchor for the soul. Can I hear an amen to that? An anchor for the soul. It's firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And I left you with a question last week. Will you choose to be anchored to Jesus? And that's still a question for us today. And it's a question we have to ask every day, right? Are we going to choose to anchor ourselves to Jesus Christ. And I would say that life doesn't get any better than anchoring ourselves to Jesus. Amen? Last week we looked at a passage, spent a lot of time, and I just want to read part of that passage to you. It's found in Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Therefore, every one of you who hears these words of mine and puts them into what? And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the what, church? On the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose. <laughs> we all know about the rain coming down, don't we? Uh, it was awesome. One of our members, uh, a young girl that grew up in our church, I got to baptize her. I think she was 14, 15. Got to perform her wedding last night in Malibu. And it was beautiful. But I'm telling you, the rain was crazy. And coming back on the road on Canaan, oh my gosh, I know what it's like for the rain coming down. The streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the what? Beat against the house. Yet, yet, here it is. The house did not what? The house didn't fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. So will you choose to anchor up with Jesus? Not only in 2023, 
but for the rest of your life? I sure hope so. So today we start a brand new series, and it's called Anchored in Red. And uh, well, let's pray, and then I'll get into it. Father, we continue to praise your name. We continue to want to speak the name of Jesus, not only over this service, but over our own hearts and our own minds, over our own fears, over our own addictions, over our own successes, over our own failures. God, we want to speak the name of Jesus. We want to be anchored to your son, Christ Jesus. God, I'm asking, we're asking that you would help us to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be challenged, to be convicted here this morning. And that can only be done through your Holy Spirit. Help us to be ready to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, all right. So we know the first four uh, books of the New Testament. So you've got the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. The second half is the New Testament. The first four books of the New Testament are the Gospels. You've got the Gospel uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So in this series, Anchored to Red, we're going to, Pastor John and I, we're going to take one chapter of John each week for six weeks. So we're going to make our way through John chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. But here's what we're going to do and make it a little bit unique is we're going to only look at the red letters. Now, some of you that aren't familiar with it, and, and actually, I didn't know this, and my curiosity got me, so I looked it up. In the Bible... Uh, some publish the Bible with whenever Jesus speaks, the letters are in red. Okay, so that's what we call red letter version. But I didn't know that the first red letter version of the Bible came out in 1899. That was like, wow, you know, I was thinking 1950 or something like that. So that's just a little fun trivia. If you're on who wants to be a millionaire and that's your million dollar question, you got the answer here today, you're welcome. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, foundation, because I'm just building the foundation. Because anytime we start studying a book, it's always important to know uh, the, the context, the, the reason it was written, who wrote it, and, and the audience. And, and that really helps us in our interpretation of the letter or the book. So in this case, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but the Gospels um, are all about Jesus' life here on this earth, uh, eyewitnesses that, that watched him interact and, and listened to him teach. They, they wrote the four Gospels. Uh, Luke uh, wrote uh, to an individual. And so when we read uh, Luke, that's kind of how you kind of see it through that. Then you've got Mark and Matthew. Their audience in whom they were writing to was a Jewish audience. That was their target. And so that's why they, they, they write the way they write. And, and then, then you got John, who we're going to look at. John... John's just the good old boy. And John, John wrote to new Christians slash um, non-Christians, and, and just to put it in a simplistic way. And, and it makes sense. And that's why if you've been around West Valley long enough, most of the time when I say, if you're going to start reading the Bible, I always tell you what, start with the book of John. Because I'm just going to be, just be honest, I'm biased because I, your pastor, likes the book of John out of all four gospels. Lord, you did a good job on all of them. I'm not, you know, but for me, John is a very visual person. And so that helps me. And so that is kind of the filter in which we are going to learn over the next six weeks. Does that sound fair? 
So that's a little bit of insight into this book. The other thing that I want to say as part of the foundation is these words are not only, well, let me put it this way. These words are not only meant to be read, they're meant to be lived. Do you catch that? The words that we're reading are not only meant to be read, but these words are meant to be lived. So let's jump into John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we're going to go to uh, verse 35, and we'll go from there. The next day, John was there again with two disciples. When he saw Jesus pass by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, bum, 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 the very first red letters in the Gospel of John. How do they read? What do you want? Those are the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, the very first words. What do you want? Can you repeat that with me? What do you want? Now you're just like Jesus. Because that's what he said. Now, he probably didn't say it like you say it to your kids. What do you want? (laughs) But Jesus said, what do you want? And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The second point for today is that. What do you want? You're like, okay. Well, in this case, you got these guys that are coming up and they're, they're starting to engage with Jesus. And he just looks at them and says, what do you want? Why are you here? And I'm sitting there and I'm studying uh, this week and I, and I thought, this is the first time. I mean, I've probably read the book a hundred plus times of John, but this is the first time I ever stopped on those words and I'm sitting there going, okay, what do you want? And then I fast forward to 2023 and I think that's a very good question for me. And I think it's a very good question for you as you sit here today. What do you want? Tell me what you want, what you, no, I'm not going to go there. But really, what do you want? Now here, please hear this. I think it was the best decision you can make getting up out of bed today and coming to church. It's going to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm against it, but no, I think that's an incredible decision. You know, it was a nice cold morning. You got the crisp air. You got the water and everything. And it's like, I think I'll just stay in bed. And Lisa's like, no, you got to go preach. No. <laughs> but think about that. Think about that. Why are you here? Why are you here? Now, some of you are like, well, I'm here because I always come every Sunday. Well, that's a good thing. I think that's a great thing. But really, why are you here? So, so Jesus is looking at these guys, and basically, I think he's saying, are you, are you here? What do you want? Are you here because you're curious or because you want to change? You catch that? Are you here because you're curious or are you here because you want to change? And then I would ask the same question of my life and of you. Like, okay, that's great that you're here. But why are you here? What do you want? Do you want to check a box or do you want to check your heart? Do I want to just check a box or check my heart? Like, here's my deal. If you're going to get up out of bed and you're going to do all the things you need to do to get here, here, you might as well invest in it, (laughs) right? You might as well get the best you can to receive and to give. So again, the question is, why or what, what do you want? And I love that question because Jesus asked it 
of these two individuals. When he saw them, he said, what do you want? And when I was studying, I'm thinking about this. Maybe you thought this yourself. I thought of a couple of things. One is I'm thinking of Lazarus and his death and, 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 and Jesus wept and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that Jesus says is, Lazarus, come forth. So he's calling him. Another passage I was thinking about, and we'll probably hit it in greater length because it's in John chapter 5 and we're going to be studying the first six chapters. But remember the paralyzed man that's set by, set by the pool of Bethsaida? And, he's, and he, every day he's hoping to get in the water as it stirred so he could be healed. Finally, he has this encounter with Jesus, right? And what does Jesus ask him? He looks at this man, paralyzed for 38 years, and says, do you want to get well? So as I'm, and as I'm, I'm looking at this and studying this, and, and, and he says, what do you want? I, my mind automatically went to those other two times. And, and I'm thinking, if you're the paralyzed, of course I want to be healed, Jesus. Duh. But for some reason, Jesus asked that question. Jesus knows things that we don't know, even about ourselves. And so in this situation that we're just reading about in John chapter 1, he asked that question, what do you want? The best way for me to uh, at least in my brain, and this just happened this week, is, um, I don't know, I don't talk much about it, but I was diagnosed with diabetes too, I don't even know, six, seven, eight years ago. And I've had seasons of good and bad with that. And um, I just came out of a season where I found out it wasn't so good, my numbers. And so I had a conversation with the doctor and, um, you know, I heard the same things I knew that I needed to hear. But in the context of what we're talking about, for me to meet with that person, was I meeting with them for curiosity? Or was I meeting with them for change? Are you with me? And we're faced with all that all the time. And so I could get all the information again. But it's the transformation that I need. Putting the words into practice is what Jesus said, right? And so I thought about that, and I'm like, you know, for me with the diabetes, if, if I want to keep living and I want to be healthy, I got to change. It's nobody else's fault, but who? Me. It's on me. So am I going to be curious, or am I going to change? And that's where we're at today with that question. What do you want? You're here for a reason. What do you want? I love... I love Paul and Philippians. And we talked about this very first week of this year when I talked about fresh start. And I suggested that probably the best thing that we ever do in 2023 is to get to know Christ for the first time or more. And with that, we talked about Paul. He's at the end of his life. He's probably gonna be executed. He's in prison. He doesn't know what's gonna happen. And here's this guy that's done all this stuff for Jesus Christ. And he says in prison, he writes those, 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 those words in Philippians chapter 3, I want to what? I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow obtaining the resurrection of the dead. Here's Paul. He's saying, I'm not here to be curious. I'm here to change. I want 
to know Jesus. Again, the question is, what do you want? So there's a story I read many, many years ago. I don't even know, maybe 10 years ago. I remember it was a Christmas Eve story. And it came to my heart and mind again this week. It's by Paul Harvey, and it's called The Sparrow in the Winter. Paul Harvey tells about a raw winter night on which a farmer heard thumping sound against the kitchen door. He went to the window and he watched these sparrows butting up and bumping their heads up against this window over and over again, shivering, attracted to the warmth inside, beat in vain against the glass storm or the glass door. The farmer bundled up and, and, and made his way through the fresh snow. He opened up the barn doors and he, he turned on the lights. He tossed some, say, some hay in the corner and, and uh, sprinkled a trail of saltine crackers. Can you picture that? To direct the birds to the barn. But the sparrows, listen to this, but the sparrows hid in the darkness, afraid of him. He goes on to write, he says, he tried various tactics, circling behind the birds to drive them towards the barn, tossing crumbs in the air towards them, retreating to the house to see if they would flutter into the barn on their own, but nothing worked. He had terrified them. The birds could not understand that he was actually trying to what? Help them. He withdrew to his house and watched the doomed sparrows through a window. He stared He stared, a thought hit him like a lightning from a clear blue sky. If only, if only I could become a bird, one of them, just for a moment, then I would not frighten them so. I could show them the way to the warmth and safety. At the time, at the same time, another thought dawned on him. He grasped the whole principle of the incarnation. God coming to this earth, in the form of man, Jesus Christ. You say, what does that have to do with what do you want? The trail of saltine crackers were there to direct them to the barn of safety. But the sparrows hid in the darkness in fear. Church, I liken that to us in 2023 banging our heads up against something that we wish we had on the other side. Living in darkness and hopelessness, desiring, again, what's on the other side. The trailer crumbs are right there in front of us, directing us to the very thing that we need and the very thing that we want. But we choose to stay in darkness instead of following the crumbs. We choose to stay in curiosity instead of choosing the change that we all need. Amen? What do you want? What do you want? Jesus has thrown out the breadcrumbs. In the context of this message, maybe it's the red letters that are leading us to the barn of safety. Jesus is not calling us to want to know more information. He's calling us to experience the transformation. Are you with me? Come, 
He said in John chapter 139, come and you will what, church? And you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. And again, part of my study is, yeah, you can think it's kind of this day with him. But really, as you look at it, it's really two days with Jesus. They spent two days with Jesus. And because he invited them, he said, come and what? Come and see, which is our third point today. What do you want? Come and see. The invitation was given and the invitation was accepted. They followed the crumbs that Jesus threw out there. They took the step of faith that they needed to take. And as a result, if you read the rest of scripture, you're going to see that these men's lives were changed. The creator of the world was inviting them to hang out. And guess what? 2023, he's inviting us to hang out with him today. So what are you going to do? In between um, Christmas and New Year's, we had a little bit of downtime. And um, one of the members of our church invited our staff and our families to participate in um, an activity. And honestly, um, because of who had invited me, I was like, I love this guy, and and he wants me to come to something. I'm going to come to it. And I had no clue what I was going to. Now, some of you, that would drive you nuts. But even Lisa and Easton, I'm like, I don't know where we're going. We're just going, all right? So this is the day after Christmas. So we get there and meet some of the staff. I don't know if there's 15, 20 of us. And we enter into this man's home, and the He's a friend of the member of our church. I will tell you this. I, um, I was blown away. I, I still don't have words for what I experienced. And it was a three-hour experience of this man's home, one level of it underneath. He's a big Disney guy. And what he has done to that level of his house is jaw-dropping. And I'm a very creative guy, and so... Literally three hours went just like that. And again, I'm just wetting your appetite on this, but, and I'm not going to show you pictures or tell you anything other than that. But here's the point of all this. I was given an invite, and I had no idea what I was going to, but I said yes. And I got to experience something absolutely amazing. And in the context of here, it's not just some earthly human being that's a cool dude that goes to our church we're talking about the son of god that created this earth that created us in his image he has said come and see to each and every one of us he has invited us into a relationship revelation chapter 320 jesus says if anyone would come after me or that's a good passage that's in luke (laughs) he says behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice Loose translation of Rob Denton, then come in and we'll hang out. There's the invitation. There's a door handle only on one side and it's on whose side? It's on our side. So the question is, what do you want in life? And Jesus says, come and see. I got something great for you. But in order to get to that place, it's going to take what? It's going to take faith, isn't it? Because he's calling us to something that we're not quite sure what it is. 
And in a silly way, I've got a friend that invites me to an event. I didn't know what it was. And yeah, it took some faith just to get in the car and get down there and go. But that's a friend. And that's on earth. We're talking God Almighty. He says, come, check this out. Faith. Faith. It's not, it, it's not knowing what, what is seen, but what is unseen. I did this wedding, as I told you, and, and this couple's actually going to New Zealand uh, for their honeymoon. And that brought up all kinds of stories because I don't know if you remember or if you even know this about me. When I graduated college, uh, I did an internship in New Zealand for three months. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And so when we go to Samoa on missions trips, and my son Drew would go all the time with us, one of the times when he was 15, I, I arranged it to where we did the mission trip, but then because we're all the way over there, I'm going to take Drew to New Zealand, and I want to show him everything that happened in his dad's life. And so Drew and I did that, and it was fun. It was a great experience, but Drew, if you didn't know, he's crazy. He does all this stuff that his dad hates. I think God created us without wings because our feet are supposed to be on the ground. Drew will take anything and go up in the air and fly and jump and all that kind of stuff. So he's like, Dad, can we do the zip line? I I read about it. And I'm like, "Uh, no, we did it. (laughs) And so we show up. And again, I'm not one that does a whole lot of, I just like, let's go. All right. So we show up, 15-year-old boy. They give us ATVs. You know what an ATV is? Four-wheeler. And they direct us, and they say, it's going to take about 15, 20 minutes. You're going to have to drive up the mountain, the mountain. And then you're going to get to where you need to be. And Drew's like, yeah, do I get my own? No. (laughs) Guy's like, yeah. So we're on this thing. Drew is in front of me. Remember crazy Drew? No fear. We're on this tight mountain road, cliff on the left side, mountain you're hugging on the right. And it's about this wide. And Drew's like, ah, and I'm behind him. Like, that's dumb, because I only get to see him go off the cliff. What am I going to do, right? But I thought that was a safe thing to do. And so we're doing this, and my heart's just pounding. We get to the top. There's no parking lot. There's not a bunch of people. There's nobody. There's a tough shed shack with a window. And a little 19-year-old boy comes out of that shack and says, are you here for the zip line? Yeah. <laughs> and there's nobody. And I'm like, um, so what's the deal? And he goes, oh, I got you. Okay. We get in this contraption. So some zip lines, you know, that you get the harness and you hold on the rope and you go a little bit. This is, quote, unquote, the world's largest. You know, it's a mile long. And it's fast and it's stupid. <laughs> so we get in this contraption that kind of looks like a um, chairlift, but a little fancier. He locks us in. And I validate that we are locked in. Are you sure? She's like, yeah, no, this is going to be so cool. I'm like, Literally, there's a speaker. And you can hear the kid now go, you ready? And he counts us down, and then all of a sudden, it's a little over a mile long zip line. And you're flying over a forest. Trees 20, 30, 40, 50 feet high. The ocean off to the right. The mountain there. And I am white as a ghost. 
And you're hearing the speaker, look at the speedometer. It's right there. And I look, and there's this red thing, and it goes 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 40, 45, 46, 47, 48, 50, 60. And I'm like, mm. and Drew's like, oh, faster, faster. Um, we get across all of it, and we're just dangling. And then you hear this thing lock, and then you hear the speaker, ready? And it pulls us back, and there's so much more to this story I'm not going to share because we don't have time. But here's the point. I'm laying in bed that night thanking Jesus that I'm alive. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like this, I hate this part of my life. I don't like that. And then I thought for a second, I'm like, all right. So, Rob, you struggle trusting God. But you just went 20 minutes up a road on an ATV and handed your life over and your son's life over to a 19-year-old in a different country that you don't know anything about. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? Like, it is so crazy that we trust so many people and so many things, and yet when it comes to Jesus saying, come and see. We're like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta show me everything first. I send you to the first question. What do you want? What do you want in your life? And Jesus says to these men, come, come and see. And it's like the, the breadcrumbs. He throws them out there. One crumb at a time. But those crumbs are leading us to safety and warmth and all the things that we need and we desire. But you know what we do? We choose to keep banging our heads up against the window. At least I do. John chapter 1, verse 40, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother was one of the two who heard what Jesus had said and had, had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew do, did was, was find his brother Simon and, or, uh, and, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of what? Son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock, which leads us to our last point today, the fourth and final point. Great change. Great change. We've laid the foundation. We ask the question, what do you want? We've we've seen the, the words come and see. And then as a result of all this, great change happens. You read this and you see that, that, that Peter is presented throughout the beginning of Scripture as not a solid rock kind of person. <laughs> throughout the Gospels, you see him fail and fall over and over again. But he becomes a solid rock because of Jesus Christ. Jesus introduces change to Peter in his character. And that's, again, what do you want? Do you want curiosity or do you want change? As you sit here in the purple chairs. John chapter 1, verse 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. 
Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked. And then here you see it out of Philip's mouth. Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. Here it is. You will see greater things than that. You think it's cool that I knew that you were hanging out under a fig tree? That's nothing, big guy. Church, Jesus has changed my life. And I love that it's not just a past tense statement, but Jesus is continuing to change my life. I continue to have to ask the question, what do I want? What do I want? Curiosity, more information about Jesus, or change, transformation because of Jesus? That's good stuff, isn't it? As we close here this morning, we've looked at some of Jesus' words, his first words in the book of John. We've been challenged to be anchored in red, to not just read the red, but what? To live the red. And so I want to give you some application, some questions, some statements that you could chew on this week. Number one, what do you want? It's on you. Did I meet with the doctor just so I could get more information? Or did I meet with the doctor so I could change? Accept the invitation. Stop waiting. Say yes today. And lastly, enjoy the change. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. And I pray, God, that you would allow these words to sink into our heart to be an anchor for each and every one of us so that we don't just sit off to the side being curious, but we come and we say yes to you and we watch you transform us into the men and women you want us to be. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.